Happy Halloween. Ooh. It's November Ooh. something. Oh, there you go. Ghost with effect. It's November. It's close enough to Halloween that we've decided we're going to talk about Halloween and Halloween-related things like candy and razor blades in your apples. <laughs> I didn't realize razor blades in, in the, the apples. Classic Halloween tradition. Yeah. <laughs> in Newfoundland, it is. Well, it's, <laughs> it's actually apparently um, an, an urban legend. It doesn't happen very often at all. There's very few. I may, may never have happened. I threw out only one one thing this year from Macy's uh, loot. I've, it, loot loot has changed. When I when I was a kid, uh, I don't like a lot of candy, and I would trick or treat and get bags of candy, and then I would divide it all up and throw out half of it because it was like taffies and oh, candy yeah. and rockets that I don't and and just keep the chocolate bars. And Macy's whole loot is all chocolate bars. Yeah, wow. a, lot, a lot of chocolate bars this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the razor blade thing. That's just a, a thing that exists in anxious mothers' minds. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it hasn't ever happened, but I think the the the, the prevalence of it it's like mm. you know it's incredibly it rare. happens multiple times a year. It's happened maybe once or not at all, or not at all, something yeah. like that. Yeah, See, uh, I threw out one thing that came uh, homemade and wrapped, and I was just like, yeah, I, you just don't eat those. No, was it a brownie? No. Halloween was pretty close to the legalization of marijuana. Yeah, in our yeah. So country. now it's even spookier. Yeah. Now, now, like if that candy doesn't say candy company on it, garbage. Totally. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, except for, you know... This has nothing to do with board games. No, it doesn't. Anyway, yes, we won't get off topic. We'll jump right what into a, board What games. a long and twisted segue. Mm-hmm. Sure, but we're... Wait, we're is talking... a segue if we haven't even started yet? <laughs> is that a segue into anything? Uh, oh, there's our oh, buzz. Mystery buzz. Mm, it's mystery a ghost. ghost in the machine. Well, the reason that we mention Halloween is because uh, we tried... Our, we set up our, our last month, we set up a, a goal for ourselves to play uh, some horror-related, horror-themed games throughout the month of October. Um, we didn't really quite make it happen as much as we had hoped. We got one, maybe. Got a couple in. But in our in our effort to, to make sure we had some content to talk about, we did squeeze in some Lovecraftian uh, experiences into our month of October slash early, early November. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, the M&M's on the mic, can I, is that... Well, it's part of it's part of this whole thing. Andy, I just ate one I found on on your table. Yeah, I want it back. That was one of mine. Gone <laughs> into the abyss. Um. So yeah, we did try to squeeze things in. We had plans to get together and play play some things. Uh, like we, I, I came, wanted to play House of Danger, and we didn't get that. We didn't House get to Danger. play House of Danger. No. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I was really looking forward to the Mansions of Madness that we didn't get to. Mm, that you yeah. you you got to play. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can get to that. I was really <laughs> hoping for something, but uh. Why don't I, why don't, why yeah, don't I start? Go, jump right yeah. in. What I really had, had designs on is uh, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, uh, Fantasy Flight. Uh, Fantasy Flight's big follow-up to their first Mansions of Madness, kind of tile-laying, dun- dungeon-crawl, I'm using quotations, because it's not really dungeons, it's usually just a house or a locale. Um, uh, designed by Nikki Valens, um, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Nikki writes all the scenarios, and then the... Um, I think they use they borrowed uh, a lot of mechanics and and tips from Corey Kinesia, the guy who designed like Star Wars uh, Rebellion and, and the other kind of fantasy flight tile campaign style games. Uh, Rebel Assault. Rebel Rebel, Rebel Assault is what okay. I'm thinking. Um, and I might even be wrong about that. I should have looked it up, but I didn't because of the internet. Either BGG or the internet went down. Um, but anyway, Mansions of Madness. Uh, if for, for those of you who don't know, is this game where it come, in the box come a bunch of minis, a bunch of uh, components to lay tiles and cards to get to get items and, and gear and various afflictions and insanity and things like that. Uh, but it also, a big, a big single-page leaflet when you open it uh, says, you know, stop, don't play anymore without downloading the app. And this was my first experience with a kind of app-driven uh, app driven board game. Yeah. And so there's a really... Finely crafted uh, app for I use it on the iPad um, that kind of runs the game like a GM uh, because the Mansions of Madness first edition a player had to run the game and was against all the other player characters and so either yeah. one player was going to win or all the players were going to beat the, the and, GM and we've talked about it where with the app uh, I I wouldn't mind and you wouldn't mind just playing as the app so like right now with the app it tells you what to reveal and and whatever but so you still get 
spoilers as you yeah. do stuff. So if one person just runs the app and reveals stuff and tells the stories, it's I think that would be a great way to do it too. Totally. We we've I played it. We've played it a couple times. Um I mean, and I've only played it like half a dozen times because it's a big game to get out and it takes a long time. Um, but we've played it a couple times with the app and kind of go along with what you're saying. It's slightly a bit of a detraction in the experience when, okay, it's my turn. All right, I'm going to move into the bathroom here. I'm going to check out this cupboard. Uh, oh, there's a puzzle. There's a puzzle thing here. And I get to try the puzzle and then maybe that Mitch's turns next. Like, oh, I'm going to follow you into the bathroom. I'm going to read some flavor text, so then I hand the iPad to you. You read the flavor text, and you try the puzzle. It adds like significant time to the game to be passing around the iPad, adjusting each other, adjusting each other's glasses. <laughs> Let me fix your glasses so you can read the flavor text, Mitch. Um, but you know, everyone kind of getting accustomed to the screen, reading the text, passing it around. I think it does make sense for one person to run it, and even maybe to like summarize over the flavor text, because after a while in that game, it can become slightly repetitive and. Um, too long. Yeah, after, well, after a while. If they're if they're running the game, then it would be just a matter of of telling the story. So totally. So my whole point is um, at the prerogative. Saying this is fa- Fantasy Flight. While they release a bunch of big box expan- expansions, as Fantasy Flight does with a lot of their games, like they release a game and then there's like new content almost monthly or bi-monthly. Um, and Mansions of Madness, no exception. I think they released three or four box big box expansions, uh, but they've also released. Three, I think this is a third or fourth digital download, and they're like five ninety nine or six ninety nine. You can just download it on the on the iPad as part of the app, and it's just a new story. Which is great because because with that system, like because there are puzzles that are in the app and mm-hmm. stuff, they can add so much neat content outside of the game anyway. That just this happens, and then you have a a new thing to solve on the app. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I like it. Honestly, the cre- I approve. What, what I read online is most people would prefer they were just releasing a digital scenario a month and leaving the big box stuff for like once a year or something like that so that you're just getting because it comes with a ton of stuff it's a nice little sandbox of the tools that you have so interchanges so well you know you can use this tile for 10 different things yeah it's it's really neat i I said this tile but i'm not holding a tile yeah we don't have the box here so the new scenario that just released um in the little synopsis that they give you on the on the app kind of alludes that you're going to this British uh, countryside mansion and that there's time travel involved and that some of the player characters will be traveling back in time or forward in time and the others sounds like you're going to split the party really early in the scenario and there's going to be this kind of um, time travel-y scenario where I'm a man and I have no idea I don't spoil things for myself I haven't looked into it but I'm wondering if for example so Dave and Mitch I'm looking at you guys we played as a three-player game you guys go to the past and you're messing around in the same house that I'm in uh, and things that you do maybe make things appear in the house, or that I'm. It could be really cool. Um, so I was hoping that we would get a bunch of people together for that, and for various reasons. You know, we're all uh, kid and dog owners and Puppy. It's blue yeah. season. Um, I'd hope I was even if we could have got five people together, I would have ran the game uh, and had some fun doing that and and setting the mood and things like that. So hopefully it'll it'll happen in the future. But what I did do, I hope the near future. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Um, what I did do, though, because I just had it in my head and I really wanted to do it, partly for this podcast, partly for my own uh, saying in my head I was going to do it, so following through. Um, the night before Halloween, I, I set it up, and the game comes with this giant scenario that says it's 240 to 320 minutes long, or something like that. Uh, and that, right from the get-go, I'm like, I'm never going to play this. No no group's going to sit down and play this for six hours. Uh, we're not... Unlikely. Unlikely. So I said, well, I'll dig into this now. The app allows you to save your progress. I can set the game up on the table, put the tabletop back on, and try it again the next day or the day after. So over the course of the night before Halloween and Halloween night, I plugged nearly four hours into this uh, giant investigation where you're in Innsmouth again, and I'm not spoiling anything. This is a setup. Mm -hmm. And right from the opening move, you have a list of six suspects, and you're in a hotel, and you have to walk around Innsmouth and talk to these people, try to figure out which which of them might be cultists finding oh. a ritual. And it's all just dialogue-driven, talking to people. It wouldn't even be that fun in a large group because there'd be so much reading. Right. It was actually really fun, almost like a computer, like point-and-click adventure of just walking around, talking to people, getting clues. I was taking notes. Um, did and you I, break a barrel? Break a barrel. Did you break, did you break a barrel? Like in Zelda? Yeah, any, 
walking around. Pick up a chicken, break a barrel, point Talk, to a thing. Talking to the villagers. That's very much what it felt like. Yeah. You're walking around. It actually does a really nice job of making Innsmouth seem like a livable nice, nice place. place to live. <laughs> Not, yeah. Some people were nice. Some people, you walk up and there's a fisherman packing your bags and you're... You have a choice of what, how you can greet, uh, talk, deal with him. And I just said, I'll, I'll greet him. And he's like, oh, hey, crappy weather we're having. And you get to like heal or something like that because it was a good experience you had with that guy. Oh. That's a really not fully accurate example, but pretty close. Uh, but it, had, it, it breathes some life into Innsmouth, which is typically just a really creepy and scary place. Uh, long story short, although this is already a long story, so long story, slightly not as long. As I, it's long. I'm it's making, longer. I'm making it longer. longer. Um, nearly four hours. I thought I was doing really well. One of my um, characters that I'd pick randomly. I had this, um, these two women, these powerful kind of women who were just in town solving this thing together. I forget both their names. <laughs> One had a pile of clues, like I think like 15 clues, and I'm like, I'm good. I can, because if you, you gather clues in this game, if you when you're rolling, uh, almost like skill checks. Um, to either attack or to find things or solve puzzles, clues allow you to re-roll misses. So I'm like, I'm good. Anyways, without spoiling anything, I got to the kind of end, the climax of the story, and just got hammered. Yeah. I don't think you're ever doing well in that game. No. You know, like no matter every... how much you feel like, ah, we've got this, it, it turns on a dime, and it, uh-huh. uh, it's not a forgiving game. No. Uh, and like... We Fine. were talking it's about a, it earlier. It's one of my favorite games to lose. Mm. I mean, it's in, it's in there. It's in the top 20 favorite games to lose. It's true. And like we were talking about earlier, every Lovecraft game seems to uh, invoke that sense of you're never really doing good and you're, it's punishing you all the way through mm. and you're praying you're mm. going to get through. Anyways, we didn't. Uh, it, it was, it was kind of rough. It made me think that potentially, and I, and I really do like the game and I think it's a game that I really just hope to break out once or twice a year in the kind of way I just described. Like, let's all get together and set the the mood for this kind of scenario. Mm. Um, I don't think it scales great in terms of if two people were going to play it, your characters each have, like, special abilities. I'm curious how how well the app scales. If, like, are there less monsters when there's two people, or does the app not even take that into account? Because it seems punishingly impossible for two characters to get out of these, most of these scenarios alive. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was fine. I, I wonder if it's like, uh, like video games where, you know, if you do it over and over and over and over just to, just to be able to get through it. And I think the, it, the more you do it, the more you know what, what your right turns are. And there definitely are some scenarios that feel that way, like completely impossible to solve. Like you have to play through it once or twice, figure out where you're supposed to go. And then try again because even and we've done, we've done this with one of the scenarios the other Innsmouth yeah, yeah. kind of um, really retells that shadow over Innsmouth story. It seems impossible, right? And even I've played it three or four times now, and even knowing what I need to do, like a general idea of which rooms I need to go to and do certain things. Um, I the mob, the mob that circles on that street. That's what I remember at the time we played oh, that, that one. It was mob. We seem to be doing fire, fires. You're right. The fire. Fire. Yeah, it's a, and it's one of the hardest ones according mm. to their difficulty ratings on the uh, on the app. But anyways, it's a super fun game. It, you know, we talked about gateway games last month, and we were talking about betrayal as as that kind of gateway experience to a minis on a map kind of dungeon crawl. Um, that really got a lot of people, and even casual gamers who I don't think would really necessarily be interested in playing D&D or um, Gloomhaven or, or other kind of dungeon crawls, really liked Betrayal and liked that kind of, that little bit of role-playing it gives you. Mansions yeah, does it, it really, steps it, steps it up way beyond Betrayal. Yeah, Betrayal in, in Mansions gives you a, that, that adventure game feel where you're, you're moving and exploring that, uh, that you don't get in some other games. So oh. it's fun for that. Yeah, I've only played it once, uh, once or twice, and I I really liked the game. I was really hoping we were going to play it because you did send out the scenario to us, Steve, and I read it through just the the, the setup. Little summary. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, wow, this sounds awesome. Like the whole dual timelines thing. I thought I, I I'm really curious to see how that all works out. So we do. I I really hope we are going to be able to pull that off. Hopefully, sometime in November. Yeah, I do recommend it for people who mm-hmm. like betrayal, like the Lovecraft theme. Maybe don't like some of the. And I haven't played Arkham Horror or Eldritch Horror. 
But from what I get, they're pretty heavy games, both in rules, mechanics, and setup. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know, if you're not ready for that plunge into a heavy game, yeah. Mansions is somewhere in between, where a lot of the legwork's done for you with the app, mm -hmm. and the experience is still there. I think it's right. kind of divided. A lot of people don't love it compared to Arkham Horror and Elder Torah because they like really different style of game. In. I think though they are they are mm -hmm. different games for sure. I I remember long before I met you guys, a friend showed up at my place in St. John's with Arkham Horror. And we spent two hours setting it up and him describing all the rules, and then we decided to play like Catan. Uh, it was just, it was, it was just, it was just so overwhelming. Overwhelming. And uh, and I just, just the the jump from that, from when I the first game I think we've already I've mentioned before, the first game I ever played with you guys was Elder Sign, and uh, just that one step down, um, I think did well. And I, actually, I did pull out Elder Sign, and I played a solo game of Elder Sign uh, in October. And I think you guys got together and, and, and played a group game as well yeah, with Elder Steve, Sign. Steve had to go home. Uh, we played with... We were going to play with eight, and Steve and Susie had to go home, so we played with six. Mm -hmm. And uh, we haven't played in a long time. And we were playing uh, with some people who... Some, I don't know. I think everybody played before, but like Sarah hadn't played since the first time we got the game. And like Melissa had played that first time, but I don't think she'd played since. Uh, not not my Melissa, the other Melissa. The other Melissa. Uh, and Melissa and I, my don't unsubscribe, Melissa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not Melissa. Uh, she's not <laughs> listening. Uh, and Melissa and I love the game, and we played it. We played it uh, all the time. We don't as much anymore, like uh, six months between games, whatever. And there's a lot, a lot of of minutia. Mm -hmm. For how to deal with everything mm -hmm. in that game, mm -hmm. and like we love it because it's uh, it's like the Cthulhu Yas game. Although maybe it's not. I hear uh, Ancient Terrible Things might be the better Cthulhu mm. Yahtzee game uh, mm. with great art. But it's the it's the Fantasy Flight uh, Cthulhu Universe Elder Sign. So everything everything icon icon wise and uh, art wise is borrowed from Arkham Horror. Mm -hmm. and yeah. So it fits right in the universe and like and there's. The replayability, I mean, it's the same Yahtzee game over and over again, but there are so many different characters to play, so yep. many monsters. So, like, we play, I think, Steve, uh, we played with Dave and you, and Steve, we played a game that was, like, half an hour long. Yep, Fa I remember half that one. Happened right, so yeah. fast, and we're like, wow, I can't remember the game being so easy. And we won. And we played the next game, and it was all, uh, like, an hour and a half, and we and we barely won. So, hmm. there, my my one complaint with uh, Elder Sign is, is the ending is can be so anticlimactic mm. where you're struggling through and there's this genuine tension which is neat for a tiny dice game. I mm -hmm. mean it's a sprawling game but it's yeah. you're doing the same lucky rolls constantly which you can mitigate somewhat. But uh the end where you're just like on the last thing somebody just rolls and either either gets it or, or doesn't it so many times it's just felt like oh so it's over. Yeah. I mean, after yeah. the the old one awakens. Oh, anytime. Yeah. Anytime yeah. it ends. Yeah. Uh, sometimes whenever you have to fight at the end, it it feels like it goes on, and that can feel like a great finish. Mm -hmm. But whenever whenever you're able to defeat him before he gets out, it's just, Oh, I see, yes. It's just you, you roll one more time, you get one more Elder Sign, and it's over. Right. Right. And it's just... like That's We've, so we've had it where people though. have gotten up and gone to the bathroom, and whenever they came right. back, they're like, what's happened? We're like, oh, it's over. And it, is, and it is still meant to be this kind of tense thing where you're like, oh, we finally got that elder sign. Like, you know, you picture someone like barricading a door that a, that an elder god was just going to burst through. Like they walk out of closet doors like Monsters Incorporated or something. Um, and it's meant to be like, oh, we just did it. Like next round, he was going to come through and we probably would have lost. Uh -huh. But you, the game takes long enough and, and has this ramp up that you kind of want them to come out and mm -hmm. fight anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh -huh. Um, Some of them don't like the on the Halloween when we played, or for the Halloween party when we when we played. Uh, I don't remember the name of the elder one, and I'm probably not supposed to say it out loud anyway. Uh, yeah, that not. we were to fight, if if they got out, we lost. Oh right. So yeah. so oh, we just we had to defeat it before it got out. We couldn't fight it after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think we needed 14 elder signs and. Right. Uh, but it went well. One of the other weird things with that game. Uh, where you have uh, the endless pile of cards that you're that you're actually rolling against, which is makes it replayable because yeah. there's so much different. And mm -hmm. with the expansions, I was just great for it. Expansions, yep. But uh, it's another one of those games where you have uh, 
a representation of yourself, like you have like they're not meeples, they're tiny little tiles that we've replaced with other things. Right. That you move from one room to another that is that's completely you know, there it's good to be there because you can lend help to the other people, but you mm-hmm. forget to move right all the time and like you you end up with oh where's my guy? Oh he's still in the in the lobby. In the library. And uh but I'm over here doing this thing. And like especially when you're playing with like six and more people, people just don't bother with that. Like somebody's sitting way over there and they they never say, Okay, well move my meeple to the to right. this room. It's just like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight that room and then sort of an after the thought that you're like, Oh, oh yeah, you're there now. Right. And so that gets a little And it's only really important for aiding yeah. characters. Yeah. And when you go to the spot where you can buy things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think some of the expansion now where you actually have to uh, roll to get into a room. That that sort of probably fixes uh, yeah. that where you actually mm-hmm. go to a spot and you're like, okay, I'm gonna try and try and get this into here. Like they, because that the way they've worked those expansions now they can go other places. Like there's an Arctic expansion and right. you can go. You're no longer just in the museum. Mm-hmm. And I and I think when I played my uh, my game in October, I'm pretty sure I I did the Arkham the Gates of Arkham expansion, which I don't think either of you have played. I have not. Um, I saw pictures of it. it. Looks cool. It's pretty neat, and it, and it does change the game um, just enough to make that expansion. Worth it? I mean, I, I know the expansion. You have an expansion, I do believe, as yeah, well, but it just pretty much adds more cards yeah, and more characters. First, and the first expansion yeah. before they came up with that concept. Right. So it's just it's a pile of more right. more, more cards. And and like you were saying, in the Gates of Arkham, um, all, anytime there's an Otherworld card, there has to be a link to somewhere in Arkham kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get Elder Signs uh, through the gift shop, which is a, one way I tend to, to win when I'm, or if I do win, I tend to, you know, save up my trophies to buy Elder Signs. Yeah, I think um, that's gone from the, that expansion too. Is it? Yeah, um, which I which I kind of miss, which makes it quite a bit more difficult. But the interesting thing, of course, uh, of Gates of Arkham, um, so many cards used to. I think the six cards that come out, three of them are face down, but the face down cards in Gates of Arkham have something on the back of the cards that you do first before you flip them up. Uh-huh. So, it's, which are easier, and sometimes they're really really quick things. So sometimes you can do that, but then. You know, and then any time you replace a a location, you put it down face down. So you start up with three face up, three face down, and then any time, no, no matter how which one you replace, you put it down face down. So, and it, there's a difficulty class with that one. And then, yeah, I mean, it it changes the game and it tweaks the game in two or three or four different little ways. Doesn't make it any more difficult to learn. Typically, doesn't make it longer to play, but it does spice it up. And and if you've yeah. played a pile of Elder Sign. I have to say, I think the Gates of Arkham expansion, because I haven't played Elder Sign, in my opinion, enough in the base game. Uh, I'd, I'd love to play it more. I, I should play it more by myself. But again, sometimes those games can go on two, two hours, three yeah. hours. Even uh, as a solo game. Even yeah. as a solo game. Yeah. And, and especially because, you know, the rules stay, say if your investigator dies, you know, draw a new investigator and keep going. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know how many investigators I have, but I usually pick three, oh. and I say kind of... Massive pile. And oh, like, yeah. We play games where I've died constantly, like every every second turn I've That's died. That's an interesting games. thing to have, a rule to have in that but game. Once, uh, if if the Ancient One is released yeah. into the world, you die. Like, if you die as you're, that's happening or dead. after that's happening, yeah, then, then you're eliminated. Then you don't come back, yeah. Uh, but, but, but that's one of the people, you know, player elimination is used very sparingly nowadays. Totally, yeah. So to have a game that could be an hour and a half that's a cooperative game yeah. and have you, I mean, you could die in your Second first turn. turn. Yeah. That's true, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and uh, you know, so what, what I do when I'm playing a solo game, typically I pull three investigators. And I kind of like three lives. Yeah, and so I kind of like have three lives, and that way it gives me a little bit of a time limit instead of going, sure. oh man, you know, I can still win this, but I'm going to have to go through another investigator. Yeah, and yeah. Every time you pull up another investigator and have to re-equip and start, I mean, it doesn't take very long, but at a certain point you feel like, yeah. well, what's the point? I can just keep going, you know, mm-hmm. until I might as well just fight the, you know, let it wake up and yeah. fight the old god. But uh, anyway, uh, well, can, I, can I interject yeah. here for a second? All this talk of old gods and elder signs, uh, for anyone who might be listening and is unaware of what the hell we're talking about, uh, these games that we're talking about are based on the lore and fiction of H.P. Lovecraft, Mm -hmm. uh, who wrote in the early, mid-1900s? Early, uh, 1920s, I think. 1920s, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, And, you know, huge influence, uh, horror writer, influence on a ton of modern day uh writers and, and creators role-playing love games them, love them yep. stephen king references them as an influence neil gaiman mm. um you know lots of others video games based on lovecraft sure. and essentially in a nutshell a bunch of these stories are about 
investigators, often in the New England kind of uh, area of the United States, uh, investigating paranormal instances, cultish activities, weird specimens, alien encounters that often lead to uh, either their madness or someone in their story uh, going mad. Uh, because this is knowledge that no one should have access to. Mm. It's usually about unspeakable elder gods Literally that exist yeah. outside yeah. of time and space that we have no way to comprehend in our brains. Mm. And they're outside of how we can perceive reality, and they can break in and kind of wreck with our brains mm. and wreck with our planet and our universe. Uh, and, and it's funny, I was mentioning to you this morning, I'm rereading the Terry Pratchett Discworld series, and, and I keep I keep forgetting that uh, in, in the Pratchett universe, it's kind of a borrows from Lovecraft too, in a way that anytime someone casts a magic spell, especially if they're not a trained wizard, what they do is they tear reality just a little bit and, oh, yeah. and let these creatures come in and... and Pratchett always describes the creatures from the dungeon dimension, as he calls it, huh. uh, as uh, you know something that looks like the offspring of a bicycle and a and an octopus and things like that. Like he, he has these really interesting, very and, and, you know, very Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah the, the they're often amphibious to... tentacles and yeah. And often, you know, he in a lot of stories, the beings aren't described. No, like he leaves the description out of most stories, I believe. In and, fact, and he uses just, the word like indescribable. It's oh, an indescribable yeah. feeling, an indescribable horror, an indescribable. But throughout the years yeah. uh, of his of stories having influence and hold over people, there's a lot of squid, the octopus, tentacly. Yeah. Uh, Probably from the the stories where a lot of them are are around the sea. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah, water based, yeah. from the depth, gods, from yeah, the deep ones, and some are described. So there has to yeah. be some basis for sure. like Cthulhu's look. As mm-hmm. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I've read a bunch. They escape my memory rather quickly, like everything. But, mm. Yeah, um, and I'm slowly working my way through the big omnibus complete works of fiction by him. And it's so funny, he wrote a lot of stories, but most of them are only a couple pages. Like, that's the thing most people, I think, I was always intimidated about Lovecraft and thought he wrote these, you know, really, really large books, but they're really small. Even Even his novellas and novels are Like 120 pages. And and, and, when you're writing about undescribable things, it's hard to fill pages. Sure. But, but, you know, 120 pages of (laughs) Lovecraft is a lot of Lovecraft. Uh, Like, I find his writing so dense. It's, It's just like, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm halfway through Mountains of Madness, or at the Mountains of Madness, and we're going to talk about the game based on that in a little while, but um, I'm only halfway through. I've been picking away at it for ages because I find I, I read four or five pages, and I just find it, it is just very... <laughs> and you've got to talk about this, Mitch. For, for starters, for people who want to get into uh, the lore, uh, there's The Call of Cthulhu for Beginning Readers by R.J. Ivankovic. Uh, my brother sent it to me. It's a, It's H.P. Lovecraft, but done in a Dr. Seuss style. Very much. And don't don't read it to your children. It's a retelling of the Call of Cthulhu, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but all in Dr. Zeusian rhyme with uh, just Colorful, awesome Dr. Seuss yeah. art of Cthulhu. Awesome. Yeah. The, ca- the Call of Cthulhu short story is a really good story. I, I, I've i read a couple of them, like Shadow Over Innsmouth, one of my mm, favorites. I've read that one. Uh, out of... The Color Out of Space is one of my favorite ones. It's kind of a really bizarre story. Call of Cthulhu is memorable for me, and it's one of the main stories that the, a lot of the Cthulhu mythos is based on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense that this Dr. Zeus-style book... I mean, Cthulhu is like... He's infiltrated pop culture on so many levels. People who probably don't even know the, the name H.P. Lovecraft would recognize Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. He's been in it, South Park and mm-hmm. pops up these, in little Funko toys sure. and plushies at stores. T-shirts everywhere. T-shirts, yeah. yeah. And other writers, like we were saying. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's weird that that it has become so pervasive. And like originally, I was thinking like, is it just public domain? Like, he's has his stuff hit public domain? But probably with the but with the lawsuit, no, close, with the lawsuit with the the D and D books. Gary Gaja. Oh, or or, or his like his ago, right? The they, had to, they had to pull they put, the Cthulhu mythos out of the in, out of the monster manual. Uh, well, it, it was the it was the um, uh, deities and demigods is what it was, and they had to republish it because yeah, they got sued because they used. Uh, not only Lovecraft's, but um, Michael Moorcock's, um, mm-hmm. Eldrick, uh, El- Eldrick, and uh, his, Home. his, his. Maybe, maybe it was just the way they had done stuff, because yeah. it, it seems like it has to be some sort of availability. I can't sure. imagine the flood of uh, games that has happened the last ten years of Cthulhu stuff. Everybody's getting an IP license from from the foundation or from the whatever he has. Right, his trust or his his, his uh, descendants. Yeah, and, and maybe that's what it was. They just did it without licensing. I would say that's exactly what happened. It's, I mean, it's the perfect uh, theme for 
for games. It has uh, such a presence and such such a world that you don't have to go and build. You can draw from. Totally. And uh, the range of games that have come out are fantastic. Like there's Reef these games. unspeakable words where mm-hmm. it's uh, it's almost like a like Scrabble game. Doing. Oh uh, yeah, well, how's it work? I don't. Well, I haven't played it, but I love that. I read about it one time, and I was just like, oh, that's a great way to do a Cthulhu game, where you're. I, I I'm picturing in my head that it's like taboo where you have to, but it's probably not. We're it's getting your no. getting your team to guess, and you're not allowed to use certain words. I th- no, I think you're I think you're you're ba- like spelling out hard to say words. Uh, like the like, like the hard language. To, yeah, from like I think I don't know. Tagging. I'd have to look it up. This is terrible. Uh, this is what we we are never prepared. Uh, this is like our calling card. We didn't want to get prepared today. If we got no. over prepared, we might actually encant some sort of being into your office. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Unspeakable. Unspeakable words looks like a fun fun one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Well, might as mm-hmm. well. But you're right. There's a ton. There's like kid, like the Dr. Seuss style book that we're looking at here. There's like... Uh, Live Tides of Madness, which is like a Tides of Time reskin. Yeah, Tides you know, of Time. There's, there's tons of those reskins. Yeah. There's the... Uh, What's the Shea Cthulhu? Yeah, <laughs> Cthulhu Munchkin, Steve Jackson. And then the Pandemic Cthulhu Pandemic as well. Oh, where oh, I guess it looks, looks spectacular. It looks yeah. really good. So there's all sorts of uh, things. There's also at our own little game store in town. Vortex has uh, the love letter version, which oh, is a yeah. Lovecraft letter. Lovecraft oh really? Letter. Oh, that's interesting. But it comes in a real neat package, like a big kind of tome. It's like three times the money. Yeah, it's three times the price for sure. But it looks really fun. Hmm. Um, I don't own Love Letter and. I might I might shell it out for this one because I do like Love Letter enough of, of a filler game to have the Lovecraftian, Lovecraftian. version. It comes with some cool uh, components. Mm. I have the Santa Claus version. It's almost the same. I'm sure. I, I'm sure they're identical. Um, I was going to no, say there'll, there'll be madness. There'll be somehow madness where any any time there's yeah, a Cthulhu game, yeah, there's, there's a madness. So there's this. You're always fighting two things, you know? Madness tokens. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about it to really talk about it. But I was going to say, though, to go back to Elder Sign for a second, and uh, you know you've already spoken to it, but when I bought Mansions of Madness, uh, and you know, I've researched, I usually, typically, only buy games that also have a solo experience because I do play enough solo to warrant that. Uh, and Mansions of Madness can't be played solo where you play with two characters. In retrospect, buzz, buzz, I kind of think maybe Elder Sign is the better solo experience for a quick for a solo game, um, but but I'm not sure. How does it rank in terms of you? You, you play a lot of solo games, Dave. Yeah. Does it hold up as your top three of what you oh, have on your shelf or anything? I wouldn't say that just because I have Scythe and Terraforming Mars yeah, and Friday, yeah. and I have so many other great solo games that are better. I think Elder Sign works better with a group. It's a party game. It is for, a total for party. What it is game. like yeah. there's no depth. It. Right. You know, it's dice chucking luck. Yeah, I guess chucking you dice know? on your own doesn't feel like yeah. you have a much, well, much agency. Maybe, especially if the game uh, rolls on. Tiny Epic Galaxy is a dice is chucking game, and, but there's but you're, there's deeper choices than than Elder Sign. Where Elder Sign, you're you pick a card and you roll to match the symbols, mm. and you can mitigate those rolls for so long, and then you either pass or fail. Right. And that's it. And and so you're you're just picking a card to try and get the reward you need to win. So there's no, yeah. I I don't I feel like I tried to play it once my by solo and like I set it all up, and I was just like this is I'm gonna do something else. Like it didn't. Yep. It, I feel like it's a party game. Like we bought it originally because it played eight players. And we've had a couple and really like, nice experiences with the big group. Yeah. 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 And Melissa and I have had a great time playing it as a two player game. As a back like, and forth. Because it yeah. it goes really fun uh, as two players, but like it really. If everybody gets into it and you have a bunch of people, it works fantastic yeah. as a as a party game because you, you don't have to be paying attention. And when it's your turn, it's like you're at you a casino gambling, you know. Right. So it's yeah. it's an easy yeah. easy party game. And, and Takes off some of the pressure to feel like you have to be yeah. deeply strategizing while waiting for your turn. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. and like you can totally f it all up and respawn. Right. Right. So you're yeah, never. That's a good point. That's mm. true about that game. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it as a solo game. Um, like I said, I, I kind of have my own way. I pick my, you know, my three investigators when I start. Um, that's, but I've that's had a great way to add yeah, to it. But I, but I've I've had two so, experiences. Especially if you pick them to sort of 
uh, well, I do it build randomly. a story out of it would be. Well, I, I usually do like it's like you know if I start with like Sister Mary the nun and then I come up with like you know the the journalist or whatever it's kind of like he's investigating the nun's yeah. disappearance, little oh, things like go. that. But yeah, I mean, but he I do having an affair with the nun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do draw them randomly. <laughs> That's but, a story. <laughs> but but I have to say, like uh, Elder Sun can go either way as a solo game. It can be super super fun and really intense, and you can play and 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 length can play a part in this. But I've, I've done that, too. I've set up Elder Sign to play solo, and by the time it's all on the table, I'm like, ah, I'm not really in the mood for this. Mm. And I've also sat there and played for two and a half hours and had an awesome experience solo. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting game that way. I, I think it's a, I think if you're, it all has to be, you have to be in the right mood. Yeah. Because the game I remember, I remember beating, I think it was Cthulhu, it was was the Elder one, Elder one. And, or the old one, and uh, it took me like two and a half hours to play, but it was so close, Like, I, and I think I did it with two investigators, like the first investigator made it almost to the end, and then died right before he awoke, and then I had someone basically come in to do the final cleanup, mm-hmm. um, but of course, you know, the, the investigator that died had all this equipment in his in his arsenal, and then he died, lost everything, and then I'm starting with a, with a character with basic stuff. With whiskey and a pocket knife. Yeah, pretty much. You can't say arsenal, can you? Will we lose a rating for that? Arsenal. No, arsenal. That's a fart joke, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... It, I, have you a, know. I have a five-year-old. Yeah. I, you are a five-year-old. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, Elder Sign, I think Elder Sign is one of those games that I think if, if you're a gamer at all and you like to play games, it's it's highly recommended to have oh, it on your shelf because see, of the number of people. That's a dangerous thing to say. I don't know. Because people will say, if you're a gamer at all, you hate dice and luck. Mm-hmm. You know, eh. There's a counterpoint to that where people are adamantly against that type of game. If you're into dice out. and luck, sure. it's super fun game. Yeah. Some gamers hate dice. Yeah. Some people love... some. Yeah. You know, there's some reviewer content creators online who, you know, are hardcore gamers that still like, I still love chucking dice mm-hmm. and can get over that hump. But there are, yeah, there's yeah. some people yeah. who don't like dice. I'm, I'm just thinking for a, for a variety of groups of people because, I yeah. mean, like you say, it's a great party game, but it is one you can pull out and play solo. I mean, I, I just, I have a lot, a lot of great things to say about Elder Sign. Speaking of, it is a great game. Yeah. Speaking of great party games, um, we got to try something today. You got something else? Uh, no, I just my head was just because uh, I was I was thinking that right before you said that, and I'm like, is it great party game when it only plays up to five? I know, it's true. Hmm. Like it would be a, a, a that's a it's a seems like it would be a super fun party game, but it only plays five. Fun small party game. Yeah. Five people. Five's a party. Five's a party. But party of five. W- we were saying, and, and of course the game we're talking about is Mountains of Madness. We were right. talking about Mansions yeah. of Madness. So Mountains of Madness based Mountains on... Mountains of Madness. There you go. It's echoing cool. off the hills. Um, uh, which is based on At the Mountains of Madness. Um, uh, short story. And it's a, it's a five-player game. I think we were saying after we finished it, you could actually do it with six, uh, with the sixth person doing kind of the the refereeing and flipping the timer and stuff. Well, let's explain what this game yeah. is about to give some people a visual image of what you're actually doing. Sure. So, so you're climbing a mountain. Yeah, your your base yeah. is is a mountain, and you have uh, two layers of like coast tiles, and then you're two layers of mountain tiles, and then up a mountain. yeah, you're flying a prop plane. You're, and it's, it's based Wait, again on the short story. You're you're flying a plane up with a mountain. With dog sledding between <laughs> turns as no, you fly you have, the plane. You have your sled and your dogs on the plane with you. One right. square to another, yeah. and then you dog sled across that square? Yeah, pretty much. You're exploring that There's square. a weird combination of flying and yeah. dog sledding in this game, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But but basically, you're going from territory to territory and trying to meet these challenges. And every time you fail a challenge, um, or even sometimes when you win a challenge and get specific you know, ancient artifacts... You slowly go insane, and there's three levels of madness cards. And what the game, uh, the brilliance of the game, and I, I what I, makes it kind of a party experience. Yeah, I think. and I think even just the three of us this morning, I thought it was a lot more fun than I expected it to be because I've had mm-hmm. this for a while and we haven't played it. Um, but the whole idea is the madness cards change the way you communicate. And uh, so, for example, uh, I had a I had I had a card at one point in the game this morning where I could only point to the cards that I wanted to put on the, the sled to beat the challenge, but I couldn't actually physically take them out of my hand and put them on the sled. So I had to point that at them, and you picked it up, picked up on that right away, Steve. Mm-hmm. I kept pointing at the cards and going, I have this number of this. I have this. I have, I have nine weapons right here, right here in my hand. Mm-hmm. And, and Steve was looking at me funny and grabbed it out of my hand and put it in the sled, and I was like, thank God he figured out like mm-hmm. what my madness was, because you're not allowed to talk about so, how yeah, you're insane. There's an important bit where... Uh, as as you play the turn, you when you're the leader, you pick the next challenge, you move the plane, mm-hmm. and then we have to load the dog sled, and then we have 30 seconds 
to, which is the only time we're allowed to talk about our cards and what to do. Mm-hmm. We flip a timer at the same time as we reveal the challenge, and you have 30 seconds to communicate back and forth about how to beat that challenge with the cards that you have in your hand. And each madness changes the way that you interact with the other players. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been, it was hilarious. It was great. It was great. And honestly, with, with, the, with just the rules explanation of, of that encounter phase of beating a challenge, it's like, well, this is going to be easy. We're looking at our cards. Oh, we got to have ten weapons and, and eight tools. All we got to do is thirty seconds. Mitch goes, "Yeah, I got eight weapons. Okay, I got two weapons. Okay, we'll do that." And Dave says, "Okay, I got seven tools. Taken care of." And you're like, "This game's going to be easy." And you lay those down. Challenge complete. Uh, but then, really quickly, within a round or two, yeah. people start going mad. And it might sound uh, trivial that oh, Dave has to point to his cards instead of say what he has, or I or Mitch has to stroke Dave's beard. While he's talking to him, <laughs> which is um, one of the things. But those little social and physical uh, additions to communicating makes that just, thirty just, seconds. Just makes that thirty seconds. Oh, yeah. Blink by as you're trying to well, communicate well, something very simple. You had to always look up. Yeah, I, my cards had to be over my head the whole time, <laughs> so I, I I could look at my cards, but I had to have, keep them over my head. But I, I think there are we didn't we only you know we only had a couple we only of saw half a dozen. Yeah, really. So I think there are some in there that like you know you have to leave the room when you're you know, so the timer gets flipped and all of a sudden you're or you have to sit under the table. Right. You know, and and just again all of those weird communicating things or uh, just really changes the game. It's just enough to make some people feel like it's too goofy and not want to play. Unfortunately, I, but, yeah. and like. And like I've always wondered, like, ah, will that will that ruin the that game? And it was it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And and like I would love to convince Melissa to play that game because it's 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 just goofy and uh, mm-hmm. it was a great time. And, and you usually don't use the word goofy in a Lovecraft game. No, no, that's a, that's a plus right and there. And honestly, mm-hmm. thinking about we talked Maybe about El- we words. talked about Elder Sign, we talked about Mansions of Madness, and all those games are like Lovecraft stories, trying to invoke. This insanity, this kind of mental degradation that happens throughout the story. This one I don't did think the best job. That, this one that. does the best job of capturing you slowly going huh. insane yeah. as you're progressing and, they, and uncovering they, this story. They do things that we've decided we can't talk about. Yeah. Because they would spoil things that really enhance that. Mm-hmm. That really made it like we wow. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It it surprised me. Yeah. That. That this game had and so much tiny stuff in it that really got that theme across mm-hmm. spectacularly. Yeah. And I, I think we were like several turns in before we, the, like the thing we won't want to talk about, we don't want to tell the spoiler, but we were several rounds in before we were like, hey, what does this mean? Let's check it up in the rules. And yeah. it's not in the rules. And then you realize this is an intentional thing to, to, to yeah. throw the players it's off. Neat. It's, it's yeah. neat. We're already, re- yeah, maybe we've we're gone too far. Much. Oh, sorry. Um, we've gone too far. But I'll <laughs> speak to this idea too that of how it does invoke this insanity throughout. Because again, what I always look for in a game, I, I'll use some hard terminology I'll talk about later, I look for a lot of soft incentives in games <laughs> uh, outside of the mechanics that make the game really fun for me. So like when we play Near and Fire, creating a Lobot uh, as a character that doesn't exist and there's no role-playing that has to happen in that game, I like making that happen. It makes the game fun for me. Right away in this game, uh, you know, I'm looking at these challenge cards, these cards that we have in our hand. So, okay, we need 10 weapons to win this challenge. Well, in my hand, I have a rifle, I have a crowbar, I have dogs with these symbols on it. And I was kind of saying, like, hey, there's no time for us to read the flavor text. Yeah. There's no time for us to create no. this story. None. But then what really happened really quickly is you don't need the story. Because, for example, I think we all had one insanity card. Maybe one of us was, was on our second insanity card where I had this thing where I had to... I, I can't remember if I was just whispering at that point or I had to be touching the person I was talking to. Oh, it was to. whispering, I think, is the second one. But there's a, there's a neat rule, and again, this seemed kind of trivial as well, that once so once you all talk, you communicate in your 30 seconds, and you decide what cards you're going to play, the instant one of those cards is laid down, you can no longer communicate. Uh-huh. And uh, you have to load the, all your cards before the 30 seconds is up. Right. Yeah, so you have to talk and load the cards. Right. And as soon as you start loading the cards. And so again, stuff. what invoked this kind of mad, this maddening experience is we don't know what each other's uh, insanity afflictions are. And here I am, I'm touching Dave to my right uh, or whispering, and I'm like, oh, what, wait, do we need books? Do we need guns? Do we need whatever? And before I, we had even really decided, I had laid a card down, and we could no longer talk about it anymore. And Mitch was giving me this glare like, WTF? What? And then we just had to lay down cards without knowing whether we were going to complete the challenge or not. I don't think we did. But it felt like, oh, my God, I forgot the rules because I was insane, because I couldn't keep it all in, in, in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, there are... Dave's thing again? i got to touch Dave. Mitch is stroking Dave's beard. Uh, we need books. 
And then we're all nuts now. And then as a leader, there's a couple things you can do to mitigate stuff where at one point uh, things went bad enough that we hadn't loaded the sled and, and the 30 seconds was up, but we can spend, the leader can spend a token. You have so many tokens and then you, you're out and you get to lose uh, to start the clock again. And, and I had thought that we had solved the issue. So uh, we were out of time. I flipped, I spent a token, flipped the time and finished what we were doing, and then we couldn't talk anymore, and Steve lost his mind and just started piling more cards on. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Which made us lose instead of win. We lost that yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. It, yeah. The, yeah, that did happen. It's, a, it's an hour that feels fast and frantic. Uh, but fun. Oh yeah, no. You know, and there's some strategy there. Oh, I think the more you play that, the more strategy. You know, but but again, it's. I think it's a game that uh, the first two or three plays will be the best that you have of that game. True, uh, I, I think so. Yeah. The first one will be almost the best because there's so many surprises. The second one will be the best because you know how to play, but there'll still be surprises. Mm-hmm. And that, and the third one will maybe start getting to the end of the. You know, after that, you'll you'll know it too well, maybe, hmm. for for some of the surprises to be gone. Sure. For, you know, you know what to do too much. Hmm. Yeah. But eventually. you introduce a couple of new players who have have never played it before. Will alter the game right there, even yeah. if you've played before, because you're not you're not thinking about how the other people are going to be yeah. reacting. To and the, then to and the, then by that point, I'd be the, I'd be happy to play with five players and be the sixth player, just sort of making sure things are going. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it's it it'd be hilarious to run the game and just watch people fall apart. I think so, too. And I do think you were about to say that, Dave, when I, I cut you off, I think, to explain the game a little bit, where you're saying this is a game where I think you could add a sixth player, and like Mitch just said, too, to referee the game. Because it is kind of hard. Like I said, messing up, just keeping track of the rules, it's kind of hard to see. We probably broke a couple rules inadvertently. Like, we're rule followers. We're not trying to cheat or nope. break games or anything. But in keeping track of our madness and, and what we're doing, we might have slipped up on the timer. Cards yeah. and the timer runs out. It would yeah. it would ratchet up the, the tension if you had a, uh, you know... Person saying, time's up. A referee or like, hey, you're not supposed to do that. You were talking to Mitch, but you were touching Dave. Lose a, lose a token. Lose a token, yeah. You know, someone who's keeping track of your insanity. Oh, yeah. Someone, they get to see all your sanities. That'd be good, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. To know when you are breaking the rules. Um, I was I was thoroughly impressed with that. And as a game that probably, you know... For me, it's the, an ideal kind of party scenario. I know you're saying, like, it's five games a party game. Um, we used to a lot when, we, when our big group got together to split the group and yeah, set we, up a couple tables. We never tables. do that anymore. We never do that anymore. Everyone wants to play everything, which is cool and awesome. We've stopped doing that since we got Avalon and Codenames. Yeah. And we'll all, it seems like we would always default to something. That we can all do of, together. Instead of split things up. I think there's some joy in separating and playing a couple of different games. The, yeah. Like, a lot of... Um, our our partner specifically, it's not a, it's not a, a gender. I don't know if it is a gender thing or not. They friggin' love Dutch Blitz. Uh, Dutch Blitz stresses me out. And there was a while when they were like the, our, our our partners and friends. We just wanted to play Dutch Blitz, so they were okay to split the group, just start screaming at each other and profanities and they play Dutch Blitz. They get so mean. It's uh, crazy how I've Dutch never Blitz seen, makes I've never people seen mean. Game. Oh my god! When, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it in action. I'm I'm when, so bad at it. Like I I barely play it. And I'm I'm fascinated. I'll always I'll always if that's what they want to play, uh, I'll play it because it's 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 so fascinating to play, especially with the people who play it all the time oh and, my God. Uh, and love it so much. Oh. Like because it, it's you want to talk uh, madness. Yeah, I was that, just thinking that, that, actually. that game brings out weird madness in, mm-hmm. in people who get really into that game. Huh. Susie's pretty quiet. Um, she does curse like a sailor when she gets a chance. Um, <laughs> Melissa Robbie's with Melissa oh is pretty she, quiet. They start calling each other yeah. horrible things. Really? And cursing at each oh, other. Wow. It's crazy. It's it's intense. As we're saying the madness thing, I'm like, I wonder is there a little kind of variation on that game that could make that a Cthulhu-themed game? Mm. You only have to use one arm or you have to speak of a certain thing. Or We've got our ghost in the machine again. Happy oh. Halloween. We got some metronome action. Oh. Tick, tick, tick. There you go. I think we got it. I think I know what chorus is. Um, but yeah, Mountains of Madness. What I was going to say is, if we were back to a, a time when we could split the group, there's something about Ma- Mountains of Madness that kind of reminds me of uh, Cosmic Encounter as well. It would just, be. Uh, we just need to buy a second one, and then we'd have two of them. That's a good point. It's not. It's what forty bucks. 
Uh, I can't remember. I think it is. I, I it, feel like it was 36 or 38. I, it might be a uh, bit more, but I think when I bought it at the time, it was their game of the month, which is like 20% off. So I got it for 40 bucks, cause it, and the guy told me about it, and I was like, that sounds great. And it, uh, until we played it this morning, it's been on my shelf for six months. It's, yeah. uh, it's a game that I don't think has huge legs, you know? Yeah, I don't think we I play it all the time, all no. the time, all the time. Uh, but, but, we, but I guarantee we'll play it three, four times, and for for thirty bucks, that's that's a great deal. Sure. And and, and the thing about it is, you're saying you know the more you play it, the less. But if you're only playing it once every six months, you're going to forget about all of those other oh, weird yeah. little things. And I think that may, that yeah. therefore makes it. If more it came out two or three times a year at at big groups for laughs, I mean, mm-hmm. again, I would much rather play that than some other big party games that are kind of wearing thin on me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was great. I was. Pleasantly surprised because I had been reading some things about it, and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I like those kind of games that uh, enforce touching, um, or or make you have to touch people. Mm-hmm. That will definitely not a big be, Twister fan. That'll be no. <laughs> we'd almost we'd almost have to house rule for some for some people that if they draw a card that they're super uncomfortable with, maybe they because yeah. uh, otherwise they're they're not going to want to play. That's true. Some, some, some people, people might not enjoy some of the things that go on in this game. Well, I had actually read. Actually, we had mentioned Nyctophobia on here before, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the blindfolds game. Yeah, I, I would love uh, to try that one. Well, I've read more about it since, and that game is it's someone's job. While the while the person's blindfolded, the other person has to take their hands and guide them through the game. And to me, immediately. That makes me not really want to play it because I don't want to be blindfolded and have someone touching my hands for some reason. Uh, it's not that it's a big deal and we're all close friends and it would be fine, but it is just we play so many games where you, I get a lot of enjoyment out of having my own little player sheet and, and doing my own thing while hanging out and being having a mul- uh, social mm-hmm. multiplayer experience. Not sure if I need my beard stroked all the Super time interactive. Or, or my hands being guided. Yeah. It's a it's a great thing about board games in general uh and this is this is veering way off track but that that these things can be explored that that games are being created that that shove people way outside of their comfort zones that ex- experiment with social interaction that That's true, right? that deal with all kinds of stuff like that the mind game which we just picked up right. is is such a simple tiny game that that changes so much of of how you might interact with people just for the fact that you can't talk about that game while you're playing yeah. the game. It's it and then that that game changes it probably puts so many people in, in a weird, uncomfortable spot. And that's a lot not, of people don't get it. They're just like, What the hell is going on here? This and like it's a it's a stupid it's a great no matter how the game plays and, and like I love the idea of why that game exists. Oh yeah. And and, and that it does what it does. It's, yeah. it's really neat. Board and games I mean, are fascinating. And last night uh we played the Grizzled it was actually a perfect precursor to this game because uh, the Grizzled, for anyone who doesn't know, is a Simon uh, Cool Mini or Not game. Unlike most Cool Mini or Not games, soup is small box, just card playing cooperative game. No where, minis. Where your soldiers, yeah, no minis, mini or not. Um, where your soldiers, World War II, I believe, um, and you're just cooperatively trying to complete these missions without going into a bunch of detail. Cards are flipped up that have icons on them. Uh, there's various different icons in the game. As soon as and, and players have agency over which cards they play in front of them. Uh, if a third identical symbol shows up, you fail a mission. If you all withdraw before that happens, you pass a mission. And that determines how many cards uh, get added to this uh, this pile of cards that you're drawing from. And if you can get to the end of your pile of cards, you win. If, if you deplete all uh, this other pile of cards, you lose. That was a horrible explanation. But in... The second round of that game, there are cards within the deck that afflict you with traumas and, and PTSD-style mental health issues that would afflict soldiers it's in, trench in warfare, battle. It's yeah. trench warfare, and you, you know we all know what that was like. We don't. Oh, yeah, we, all, we, all, we, all, we all know what that was like. What I meant to say is, we <laughs> World War Two. Is World, it was yeah, World War One. It's World War One. Yeah. Well, the, the two major wars of the of of. The World War One and World War Two are ingrained in all our memories sure. through so much media and culture. Or just watch Passchendaele. My God, that, the 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 battlefield scene in that just even yeah. though I knew, even though I knew what happened in trench warfare, seeing it in that film yeah. was just kind of like wow. Yeah. Wow, that was wow. Well, what people this, did that? What this game does really well, and it's what happened, is is those afflictions uh, happen to your character. And what happened in the second round? Hard of, knocks, they call them. Hard knocks in the game. In the second round of that game that probably lasted eight or ten rounds, maybe not quite that many, but in the second round, I got the mute card. 
and I could no longer talk. And you have the ability every round to to help out your partners and 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 get them to to get rid of one of your afflictions. But mine wasn't really detrimental to. to yeah, every the game. everything else that came up affected our ability to win the game, and and that one didn't. That so, one didn't. So I didn't talk for the entire game. Yeah. I was just. I was, it was never. It was never the decision that we helped Steve not be mute again. And even whenever you had more stuff piled on, and we all gave you the support, you had to choose for yourself that you know. Mute, mute's not yeah. making the game harder. Being shell shocked was worse because it, it 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 had an icon already out and that was just going to make us lose a mission quicker. So I could be quiet and still be a good soldier, kind of. One, but, one of the great uh, things with it that was messed game. up. It messed with my head a little bit. I'm not used to not. I'm constantly talking during yeah. board games, uh, and yeah, I couldn't couldn't talk. It was weird. I like I like in that game that goes so so well with the theme and and what is happening that. When you succeed a mission, you're not you're not winning. You're not anything. You're no. just you're just carefully giving up and backing away uh, to stay alive, and that's considered a success. Like if you if you all just just back away and leave things the way they are, live the fight another day. Yeah, that's a success, and you can you can do better more with your support that way. As, it, as long as you you walk away before the third thing comes up. That that's success enough. <laughs> it's a beautiful game, and you know I wondered about yeah, the, ta- the tagline for a while because it's something about friendship. Do you have it right there? Yeah. Uh, can friendship be stronger than war? Which I'm like, really? Is that what this game is trying to communicate? And then last night, it really is communicating that you get these afflictions. The game is a hard cooperative experience, but at the end of every round, you have these coffee cups. Everyone starts with three coffee cups, and they at the end of the round, you can point to your left or your right and decide which of your comrades you're going to provide support to. Uh, and then if whoever gets the majority of the support can get rid of one of their afflictions. And I, that is like a bit of a harrowing game mechanic because you're kind of like, you're all in this together, you're in this trench warfare, it's a horrible scenario. And you're like, you know what? Mitch really needs, Mitch really needs the support. And Andrew, Andrew's first affliction was that he was selfish and had to always choose himself. Right. Oh, you can choose yourself to no, help. No, no. Oh, you can't. You can't. I he, you he, got, he got a card that that did. Huh. But then we got rid of that card right away because we're like, you know what? He needs support. He's Something's going off with him. And we got rid of the selfish card. Yeah. But there's something really beautiful about sitting around and being like, yeah, you know, Mitch, Andrew's having a really hard time. Mitch's having a really hard time. And you, you just picture these guys kind of like huddling, holding up and hmm. getting each other through this. And it makes them feel a little bit better for the next hmm. day. It's it's a brutal it's a brutal game and and yeah. because I haven't played this I have to ask the question and and like mountains of madness I assume that you're not allowed to talk about what your afflictions are no no they're they're, they're, they're wide open oh they're face you're up kind of oh that's like, interesting oh, Steve's not talking right. he's like, whereas in mountains of madness happening. like you're not allowed to tell anybody what your insanity is people have to try to figure it out by how you're acting yeah some of these uh, they all they all directly affect everybody right okay. yeah so some of them are phobias which adds one of the symbols to to the mission that you're on no, so end so you automatically that. have one of three of of I think there's about six six different symbols. Right, there are. Yeah. Uh, there's like three weather uh, symbols and then Snow like and a, night and three regular symbols. Rain. Bullets, gas masks, and whistles. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so as soon as you have one of these phobias, that is an automatic hit against everybody. And like we had, it was it was a great game. We were down to the last possible chance we had to finish. So so we just and you get to you get as a leader. On your turn, you get to decide how many cards everybody is going to try and deal with for that round. Mm. So you can have between one and as many as you feel like you can handle. And our last ditch effort was to just split up the rest of the deck and uh, and just see if we it. could get anywhere because we we were going to lose no matter what. So, Which was impossible. Yeah, it was, it, it, but it, it makes sense. That's what you would do. You're like, we're all going to die tomorrow. Last guys, guys well, let's go. Yeah. We might as well charge. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much more going in the game. We could we could talk yeah, about it for another 10 minutes but we're really out of time there's so much more we could talk at least five mm-hmm. more <laughs> and we didn't well, even know, get that, into that, uh, game, that game runs back to we had a, a brief conversation about emotional mm. oh, yeah. reactions in games that yeah. would be a good one to bring into that at uh, some sure. point this is a, yeah, this yeah, is a good, good. I yeah. super enjoyed it and the artist on that game was one of the uh, people killed in the Charlie Hebdo attacks a few yeah. years back is that right oh wow is the artist holy moly and uh it's it's get it's, this game does get a little weird flack because uh, people feel like it's oh, sensationalizing, uh, but I mean in the rule book 
the the two creators, Fabian Rifo and Juan Rodriguez, they write a nice little write up about about their grandparents kind of thing and like why they made the game and how what they want. But, you know. So I don't I, don't, I can't imagine why we get slack. There's so many war games yeah. that are just like minis on a map, like killing, killing each other. Each other yeah. This is actually trying to communicate some emotional experience on on the battlefield. Um, that you know some of our grandparents went through or some of our family members. It, it takes it a lot more seriously and humanizes it a little more. Uh, hilariously, just just to tie this in, this would make a great Cthulhu game. Yeah. This would skinned as a Cthulhu uh, group of thing would would make you know because this has that type of madness going on I'm where it, it hasn't where it affects you and affects everybody and stuff happens. Uh, and just the way that it plays adds there's a, there's a little bit of stress just going on in that whole game that would make it a great uh, Cthulhu. Experience. I'm surprised it hasn't happened now that you've said it. It's just an art change, really. Yeah. Yeah. That would be uh, that would get rid of the controversy around sensationalizing war. Hmm. But well, and then but if, I mean one thing we didn't get into about the whole Lovecraft thing is I mean you know Lovecraft oh, can be God, a controversial yeah. figure on top sure. of that with his xenophobia yeah. and things. So, yeah. so that's a that's a conversation Best for another day. Said. Yeah. Just like his creatures, the names of his creatures. Yeah. Let's, let's save the art and ditch the baggage. There you go. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> hard, hard to avoid sometimes, yeah. Are we out of time? Yeah, we're getting close. That's a, lot, that's a lot of time. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, can I get some dungeon effect? Oh, yeah. Sure. There you go. Get down to the dungeon. Happy Halloween. It's November 3rd. Happy November Halloween. <laughs> Don't unsubscribe, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>